0: Hello everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Tomahawk Talk, the podcast. Uh, I am your host Brett Rutherford, uh, uh, joined as always by my good friend and co-host Gary Putnick. And Gary, last week we talked about when we opened up the show, you said I wasn't no, I didn't sound too too <laughs> confident. I wasn't too optimistic, and I really didn't have a reason to not be at that point or at least not a big reason. But with the way things are trending with college football, and we're going to talk about it, I think we're going to talk about it a lot in this show. Uh, it sounds like Florida State's probably only, only going to be playing a conference schedule. We don't know how long it's going to be. We don't know who the opponents are going to be, where the games will be played. Uh, it, things aren't looking bright for college football. We've seen the Ivy League put uh, all sports are canceled for the fall. They're not starting until January 1st. So not only does that affect football and all the other fall sports, now you're getting into basketball and the winter sports as well. That start before the turn of the year. Uh, Gary, is there a re- give me something to be optimistic about.
1: We got the MLS. It's back.
0: MLS is back. <laughs> and Inter
1: Miami lost their first game. So that was my reasoning yeah, for not being too happy. I was, uh, they almost had it. They got up 1 0 early on in the second half and then they blew it away and later on in the match and gave up a, was it a, a added on time goal in like the 95th minute? Because there was 10 minutes of added on time yeah. because of uh, an injury from one of Miami's player, Reyes. And so it, not a great start to the MLS is back tournament for me, but maybe some other teams are a little bit more hopeful.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're definitely going to talk MLS uh, later on in the show after we get through the big Florida State news. Uh, I definitely want to hear uh, the next person who's joining our panel backing in the night, Austin Reynolds' opinion on Atlanta United later on in the show in, in their quest to get back uh, in MLS. But Austin, glad to have you back on the show again tonight. Uh, how you doing, man?
2: I'm doing good. It's, it's been a long time since I've been on here uh, for really no reason, um, but I'm happy to be back. And with regards to Atlanta United, we do have a match against uh, New York Red Bulls, I believe, Saturday night. So, going to be good to see them, uh, albeit without Joseph Martinez. Uh, Good to see them on my TV screen first time in a while.
0: Yeah, for sure. And uh, always, as always, our producer, Sebastian, on the show tonight on The 1 and 2. Sebastian, what's up, man?
3: Uh, I've been pretty good. It's been a quiet two days for me, not terribly busy. I wanted to rip my eyes out uh, seeing the result of today's uh, Spurs match. That was, um, without holding back, excruciating to watch. I wish I hadn't. But uh, (laughs) apart from that, um, this week has gone quickly. I was surprised that it's almost Friday already. Uh, But I'm, I'm ready to get into today's topics.
0: Sebastian, I think what you're experiencing with Spurs is just the full Jose Mourinho experience. Uh, you're I can getting, confirm. Yeah, you know, Austin's been through it. I've been through it a couple times. Uh, you're getting a lot of things. You get know, a lot of times when Jose comes in, great in year one, and then you get the Mourinho experience in year two and three. He is, uh, you know, he he's speeding that process up. He's speed uh, running it, it like because we didn't even running. get a honeymoon year one. Right, all right, yeah. Well, in some of those, some of those things are out of control. But let's get into the news. Uh, we're to, for clarity, we're recording this on Thursday, July ninth. It'll come out some point next week. Uh, we're all a little busy next week, so we wanted to record this ahead of time. But there's plenty of news to talk about, even though we just recorded an episode three days ago. Uh, the lead story tonight, Florida State Athletics letting go of 25 employees. This is something that uh, I think we were all expecting to happen at some point, to some extent. It's it's sad, and it's another reminder of uh, how hard this virus is going to hit, not only Florida State, but schools around the country and, and some of the people that put in a lot of work to, to make college athletics happen and, and to bring the spectacle that is college sports to the field, to the court, to your TVs year in and year out. But Irish at fell broke a story earlier on warchamp.com uh about Florida state releasing 25 employees. Uh, some of them were laid off. Some of those, uh, some of their positions were getting eliminated uh, entirely and uh, that was really all the details that came out. Florida State put out a brief statement, and, and, and they said, uh, "We have a quote, we have eliminated some positions within both athletics and seminal boosters. Out of respect for our employees who have just been notified, we will not comment on this matter until sometime tomorrow. Uh, so maybe we'll find a little bit more about that information. I don't know if we'll be talking about it on Tomahawk Talk the next time we record. Uh, but it's just sad uh, because – Some of these people, you know, I'm sure we've worked alongside with uh, during our time covering Florida State sports and to know that some of those people might be out of a job and there's a lot of other people around the country out of a job or looking for a job and their situations have changed. It's tough and and it's sad. And I thought we were getting to a point at some point this summer where things were starting to turn around with COVID-19 and we've done a really good job, I think, Gary, on this show. Uh, dancing or not dancing around and I don't want to say avoiding but bringing our listeners other content that's not as doom and gloom throughout the summer we've done some fun trivia we've talked about some of the sports that are returning but at this point do you really think we can uh we can avoid it as we look to to return to sports
1: I think it's unavoidable and I know we like you said we kind of just were able to get around it for the past few months because we didn't really want to add to the echo chamber of doom and gloom that you've probably heard on all other forms of media so it really just sucks to see these guys the people from fsu these 25 people lose their jobs regardless of if they're at florida state florida miami clemson whatever any of the rival schools you feel for these people when they're losing their jobs especially in this sort of time so i don't know it's tough to see and especially going forward like what you said it's we're it's going to be a lot of what we're talking about and i know that's probably what we're going to be talking about a lot for this uh show here even today so it's tough and you just kind of have to look it in the face and deal with it.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, even when sports are returning, that doesn't mean that everyone that was a part of the the sporting uh, business is able to go back to work. I, you know, I I know someone personally that was hired this off season to be, to be a producer for the Rays' video board shows, the Jumbotron shows. And even though baseball's coming back and opening day is less than, than two weeks away, You know, there's probably not going to be any fans in the stadium, at least not to start. You know, do they need a Jumbotron operator anymore? I I don't know. Uh, So jobs like that are are definitely still up in the air. And as much as we need to celebrate sports returning uh, and sports returning in a safe manner, uh, we've just got to keep in mind what other people are going through. And, And today, getting similar vibes today with some of the news and announcements that were coming out of the college football world. To what we experienced back in March when the Power Five conferences quickly, in quick success- succession, were canceling their, their uh, college basketball conference tournaments. And uh, yet again, the Ivy League uh, kind of get, got the ball rolling. They canceled all fall sports, and I don't think that's going to be happening at many ma- other major conferences or other universities, but they they canceled all fall sports until Jan- they canceled all sports until January 1st then it came comes out today i think uh i do not remember the reporter's name uh she writes for the athletic but that the big 10 was planning on going to conference only football schedules which is something that i've kind of been expecting but wasn't really sure about uh until this point and then you Brett McMurphy comes out with the report and the ACC is probably uh coming to the same conclusion with their football schedule no deal made yet this is not official uh but definitely moving in that direction the pac 12 i think is also moving in a similar direction and it it comes to a point where if no other conference is playing out of conference games all conferences are going to be playing out of conference you can't be you can't be the one conference left that's going to play an out-of-conference schedule uh, for obvious reasons so yeah, the SEC. You're not. You're not going to get out of this one, if even if you were going to try to. Uh, Austin, ACC. You know, uh, F- Florida State had some big games planned. Boise State to or West Virginia to open the season in Atlanta would would have been a probably a massive money maker for both the Mountaineers and the Seminoles. The Boise State game in Idaho, the rematch uh, after what happened last year in Week One. These games are probably not happening, and there's also a game I think that we're all familiar with at the end of the season, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, that as of now probably not going to happen either. How, how big of a blow is this, do you think, to Florida State fans that you know are missing out a trip to, to Atlanta? Maybe some of them are going to Boise, I don't know, and then obviously the, the game at the end of the season that is such a marquee event.
2: Yeah, for fans specifically, it's it's a huge blow because... Myself, personally, I was very much looking forward to that game against UF at the end of the year. That was going to be at Florida State, my last UF-FSC rivalry game as a student at the university. Um, at this point, if it does happen, it's 99% not going to be in front of fans, and now even the status of that game is up in the air, so that's just even more fuel to the fire of disappointment, but even for some of the, the, the three other games, Samford... Usually you would pencil that in as a W, um, so that is a huge blow uh, in regards to possible bowl qualification at the end of the season. And yeah. then Boise State, I mean, obviously you mentioned the revenge game, and then West Virginia. I was personally very much looking forward to that game, a very were winnable going game for Mike Norvell's first game.
0: Were you going to be on your way to Atlanta?
2: My parents and I were discussing it. We didn't really have any plans set in place, and then obviously COVID happened and all those discussions came to a So yeah,
0: if you guys, if you guys had one Atlanta trip this year, you, you, I would have hoped it would have been the final four uh, with Florida state there, but obviously that wasn't possible either. And guys, I I just got to say it. I'm sad. You know, the way things are going, the way things are trending. I don't think we're going to see college football this year. If I'm being completely honest now, with that being said, I'm not making a prediction because a few weeks ago and maybe even a few days ago, I thought things were trending in the opposite direction. Again, I'm not saying that college football is not going to happen. I'm saying looking at the data uh, of COVID-19 cases right here in Florida, right here in Leon County, uh, across the country, and some of these other football programs and athletic programs across the country, the way things are trending, I don't believe we'll see college football this season. Again, with how quickly things have changed, I, I have no idea what that's going to look like 24 hours from now or a week from now or a month from now. But I remember back in March, when cases there was the first few cases in the U.S. and We talked about how much it was sp- spreading in Europe and Asia, and that it was almost inevitable that it was going to come to the U.S. You know, Alex DePriest, who we've had on the show many times, my roommate right down the hall, uh, he was trying to tell me that you know there was going to be no fans at the at the NCAA tournament. And I was like, "No fans at the NCAA tournament? Are you kidding me? That's insane!" I and I, like, I I I w- I didn't believe it for about a week. I was like, there's no way. I was like, all right, okay, fine. No fans, but they're not going to cancel the tournament. It's the biggest moneymaker, you know, biggest event moneymaker in, in, for the NCAA. There's, it's not going to happen. And And now looking back at, you know, those opinions that I held so strongly back in March and, how wrong it was and how we've seen so many things just wiped out how the day the news broke that the college baseball world series wasn't even going to happen. I'm like, come on guys, that doesn't even start until July. We were in March at that point. Now we're halfway through July and things are getting worse, not better. Uh, it, it, I'm sad. <laughs> okay. I'm just sad.
1: Okay. But what if we do have college football, what will this schedule look like if it's just an ACC schedule? I mean, we're going to have, if, Say we just move things up. The first game of the season will be at in Raleigh against the NC State Wolfpack to start off. This is assuming that the F, the, SC, or the ACC sorry, does not uh, replace these games, the four out-of-conference games that Florida State has. So Florida State will play NC State, then play Clemson in Tallahassee, then Wake Forest in Tallahassee, then go up to uh, Cle- or Louisville to play the Cardinals, then stay in Tallahassee to play Pitt, go down to Miami to play Miami and then BC at home uh, Syracuse on the road and that's the season so I mean let's let's at least look at with a little bit of positivity guys I mean there could there sh- there could be college football this year
0: <laughs> no no there, there definitely could be and, and again I'm, I'm definitely not saying that there won't be and, and Austin you mentioned bowl qualifications now the bowl games would be tricky I'm actually starting to think that even if college football happens, the college football playoff might not happen, yeah. especially if there's no out-of-conference games. You can't really measure, uh, you know, which conferences are tougher than the others. I, if, if there are bowl games, I think you could see us a year where there's just the traditional bowl tie-ins and the national champion will have to claim it. Whoever finishes number one in the AP poll at the end of the year, and there's probably going to be a lot of uh, discussion about that. Uh, you're definitely – if they play less than 12 games – bowl games are definitely not going to you know they're going to take teams that with less than six wins if there's only eight games on most team schedules if the acc gary does replace some of those games i don't see them going to 12
2: mm-hmm.
0: i could definitely see 10 you yeah. know you could do a 10 game schedule within the acc but here's one idea so you've got notre dame an independent uh program they're not in a conference they play about i think they play four or five acc games every season uh, say they're grandfathered into the ACC for the 2020 season, and who knows, maybe they stick around in football, even though I don't think they want to. You then have 15 teams in the ACC in ACC football. Give us three pods of five. We, I, we've been I've been clamoring for pods for quite some time. Make it geographic, so you got Florida State, Georgia Tech, Miami, and. Uh, I don't know who else. Maybe not Clemson. Georgia Is there Tech. anyone else? I said Georgia Tech. Uh, Georgia Tech. Um, Clemson would be the next closest, but you definitely don't want Florida State, Miami, you, and Clemson in the same
1: pod. No, that's going to cannibalize itself there. Um, even
0: though – well, okay, I say that. It would that, have to be UNC,
1: UNC or NC State. It would have to be one of those two
0: teams. Or, right, but let me take back what I said. You, you might want Clemson, Florida State, Miami, so they play each other because there's no way Florida State, and Miami even have a chance unless Trevor Lawrence opts out of the season. Mm-hmm. In that case, if Trevor Lawrence opts out, put Clemson not in Florida State. I don't know. This is, okay, I, so, let me get my idea out first. Um, yeah. Let me let Three me send you guys five.
3: a link with the. Okay, um, please do. This is an image, uh, thanks to Wikipedia, of every team that's in the uh, the ACC, including non football members. So, Notre order. Dame okay. is on that image. So, if okay. we're gonna look at that, if I can. Actually, you you know what, um, it's your show. Let's hear what you got to say first. Well,
0: get us get us that link while, while I'm f- trying to come up it's, with it, my own It's idea in the Zoom chat the right
3: now. It's gotcha. in the Zoom chat right now. So I, I guess I could just get my idea uh, while you're still forming yours. Um, if you can see, like, I, I think just the way to do it, if we're going off a distance alone, uh, the first triangle at the very top seems pretty balanced per se. You've got Syracuse, Boston College, and Pittsburgh. The next one down would, be, would probably be uh, Notre Dame, Louisville for sure in the same pod. But um, you have a, a choice between, you know, Virginia Tech, Wake Forest, or even maybe like a straight line down, which would be Georgia Tech. Uh, then you've got, you know, uh, the Tobacco Road Schools, Wake, North Carolina, Duke, NC State, Virginia Tech, Virginia. So that, that's a tangle. But those guys, that for, for those schools, that could just be a day trip. And that would be phenomenal for those schools. Yeah. Um, you could do it like the way the way NASCAR NASCARs done also from the Carolinas yeah. where you basically go to where you play football for a day you do your warm ups in the morning you do, you play the game in the uh, mid afternoon or whatever and you're gone by the evening to minimize uh risk of infection right
0: i i like where you're the going you, there you go keep going
3: that's tricky yeah, the tricky bit is obviously – like you said, the tricky bit is Florida because you've got <laughs> yeah. uh, Florida State and Miami, which is way out there contextually. Um, I think you would have to make Clemson – Clemson – it's easier for Clemson to do those those day trips to places like Virginia, to places like Pittsburgh, even though I, I put Pittsburgh in the first pod, um, or to NC State. So I, I honestly think you, you push Pitt and Clemson a little bit to the north – And who knows? Maybe they will get over the hump with um, that bizarre uh, herd immunity idea that Davos has been pushing for the past few uh, months. I I think it's bizarre to to put Uh, it nicely.
0: Definitely is.
3: Um, But the way to the the way to go seems like it's it's doable. Like out of any out of any division or out of any conference uh, that has to take a look at these problems, I think the ACC. Um, is the best, uh, is a school or is the group of schools with the best possible kind of means of doing this.
1: I think the SEC would be as well. I mean, they're all pretty relatively close together. If you split it up in halves almost, it could still work out.
0: Well, I like five groups of three or three groups of five.
1: Yeah, that would work. I think it, it has a chance.
3: The ACC might be able to do it in a way that's very safe, but the SEC is definitely going to do it a uh, virus be damned. I'm not even considering the SEC as being the school that's going to be wishy-washy about playing football. Um, they're I don't gonna think be, they're going
0: to have a choice.
3: No, they don't have a choice. They're playing football. No, I th- so, I'm,
0: I am, I, I'm the opposite believer. I think it's going to come to a point where they don't have a choice to play football. And if no other conference in the country – if every other conference in the country ends up canceling, you know, uh, are they just going to play the SEC season? And they would. That's what I call everyone... the winner a champ. Imagine I, the I, money yeah. they would
2: get from viewership.
3: Yeah. I, I'm I going to be frank it. like, all for, for every state that the SEC schools are in, like the only two that I see dragging their heels by any means are Florida and maybe Georgia. Um, because Florida will absolutely be, if things continue to deteriorate, Florida will be the school to pull out just because of how bad things are going to get, uh, especially along that i-95 i-75 um trail where you've got all the beach uh beach counties where people have not been respecting social distancing uh where uh bars and such on the fourth were packed um i'm i'm down here i saw this uh i saw the news stories i personally didn't go um i'm kind of in the middle of nowhere so i'm incentivized to really not go outside but um i think if we can i think if we as a state could get over the hump that's going to be mid-August, we, we might be okay for football come September. But then again, with how much planning has to go into each and every one of these events, football is either going to be delayed and going to end late, or it's just not going to happen.
1: Well, if okay, so if they delay the season, what they could just have – so like Florida State right now, they have four weeks until they get to their ACC schedule. So between September 5th when they play West Virginia – to then October 3rd when they play NC State, they could say, okay, we're cutting off the whole month of September for every team. Football season starts in October. First weekend of October is your start of the season. I think that could be a realistic possibility. If things if things start to look better towards the month of August or mid, uh, mid to late August, I think there could be a chance that everything could settle down, maybe play starts in early, mid-October, early October, if anything. So there could be that sort of chance coming about, but obviously it's going to come down to whether or not people decide to think a little bit.
3: That's the problem with, especially our state where Floridians, if I'm going to be Frank, aren't terribly disincentivized to go outside right now. It's beautiful. Uh, The beaches are great since nobody's really been out there for the past three months uh, or well, Now they've been out there for about a month, but in the beginning of June, uh, in the beginning of June, when nobody was out there, um, I myself went to a couple beaches. I went to Venice Beach, which was very empty, frankly. Don't go there, that's my spot. Um, and um, I went to Fort De Soto, which is a beach um, near St. Petersburg. Um, the beach, the water was very, very clear because so few people were there um, from March onwards. And um, Venice Beach was all but abandoned. Um, Fort De Soto was a little bit more full um but um people are out there people are having fun in the sand and they might be following social distancing but i'm not sure if it's I, enough I, I don't know if the beach
1: is necessarily the problem it's more or less of people going out to bars and restaurants and congregating beaches. At part, well i that's not really a problem for me here in boca raton because we don't allow any commercial uh, real estate on the beach but uh it's mainly looking at the restaurants ho- restaurants bars and maintaining social distancing when it comes to house parties and stuff, because that's what's really driving up a lot of the numbers because people started to see numbers going down. So they said, okay, Hey, let's go have a party. And that results in people getting sick. So if that stuff can start to go down and start to, we start to realize the issues here, then we have a better chance of football. But if it doesn't, maybe that means we're playing spring football. And I think that is plan B that's maybe the nuclear option for this season. And or actually, probably the nuclear option would be just no football, but this would be at least something. And I think spring football could work. But if we push all everything into that spring season, like with the, uh, what the Ivy League is going to be doing, it's going to create such a backlog and it's going to be such a wild spring. And I, Personally, I don't know if I'd be mad about that. But I mean, it would be really interesting to see kind of everything put into one small grouping of months.
0: Yeah, spring season. Let's let's talk about that. Uh, Trevor Lawrence wouldn't play. You'll want to look here in Tallahassee. Marvin Wilson's not playing. Mm-hmm. Marion Terry's not playing. Maybe some other guys on Florida State's roster that – maybe Corey Durden doesn't play. Uh, Kalen Laburn, maybe he doesn't play. Uh, a lot of guys wouldn't play, not only here in Tallahassee and in the ACC, but but across the country. Uh, again, and – Player of the
3: year is basically going to be the recruiter. Yeah it would just not be a good
1: product all around sam Howell. i mean sam howell will play so it give... would still
0: be it would still be a good p- product i yeah. I, I, I think it would especially because people would be have gone so long without without college football but i do think and what i've always gone back to and, and you've seen some other leagues do this and they've kind of had to change their stance on it with how much things have been pushed back the goal for a lot of leagues and a lot of competitions was to affect the quote-unquote next season as little as possible now with premier league coming back that like their goal was to not affect the next season. That's not going to happen now. I think they're aiming for, for mid-September, a month after they were normally start the NHL came out and said, that they're probably looking at uh, late December for the start of their season. That's way behind schedule. The NBA is going to have to follow suit, even though that might've been in the cards anyways, for the NBA. Um, And if college football starts in spring, and they play it with out top players who are preparing for the NFL draft. What is the, do you turn around and play another full football season in the fall? It, that's got to cause some issues there, doesn't it?
1: I think you would most likely see a shortened season or maybe a conference only kind of season here, maybe even a shortened conference season. So I think that would be interesting. And maybe they kind of just say, here's a little tune up for maybe some draft from for scouts and sort of like that kind of like, what we're seeing down here with the South Florida Collegiate Baseball League. Maybe it's something like that where it's really just tailored to scouts and getting them some eyes on some players who are making a late push for the NFL draft.
0: Austin, okay, in terms of wins and losses, and without knowing the percentage of games, do you think playing football in the spring would be advantageous or disadvantageous for Florida State? For Florida State Florida football State in terms of winning percentage?
2: Um, I would honestly have to go with huh. advantageous because mo- delaying the season to the spring, it gives guys more time to get acclimated to this new system under Mike Norvell. Obviously, okay. you're not going to be like in the swing of things for a normal fall football season. It's going to feel much, much different. But you have more time to adjust to this new system. Guys are going to have more time to work out. Um, I honestly think that this is that would be a bigger plus for FSU than some people would think.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you look say they played eight games in the spring, and they played the eight games that are currently listed on their on their schedule now. You look at maybe you know maybe some games that were probably wins, and you turn them into definite wins. Yeah. But even if you're playing Clemson in the spring, even if they don't have you're, Trevor Lawrence, you're not winning that game. Definitely not. You know, you, you just can't block Clemson. You know, your offensive line is not going to get any better by the time the spring comes around. Now, I don't care how much Coach Storms gets to work so work with him, but it's just not going to happen. But, maybe, you know, maybe you beat Louisville after you get some more time to practice and do, do that install and have a true training camp. Uh, you know, maybe you have a better chance of beating Miami. I, well, I don't know if you have a good chance of beating him now, but.
1: Well, with Miami, it becomes the same thing for them because they're under, the, that was post first year with Manny Diaz and now they get a little bit more time and I'm hearing the press clippings from around South Florida. I've been hearing Manny Diaz is starting to pick up some traction, starting to get some guys more on his side down here. So maybe it eventually helps them even more than it helps us because they'll have year two under Diaz and he'll be able to really dig deep and get, take hold with some guys.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I don't know, because if the ACC does have a football season, you would think they would try to extend it past eight games to to try to come back with with, with some of that revenue. You know, my idea would be uh, three pods of five. I don't know how you break that up, but basically how you turn that into an extended schedule is you do a double round robin in each of those pods, so that's off the bat eight games for every team. And then you take the, the winners of each pod plus one wild card and you do, you do a play, an ACC playoff. Again, I don't know if that's even possible logistically or legally because of some of the bowl tie-ins. We have no idea what's going to happen with bowl games or if the NCAA would allow something like that. But I don't know. Fun idea. we We can throw together these pods. I know Sebastian did pods of three. Let's say you did Miami, Florida State, Georgia Tech, Louisville, and Virginia Tech. And then you took Clemson, Carolina, Duke, NC State, and Wake Forest. And then you took Virginia, Pittsburgh, Notre Dame, Syracuse, and Boston College.
1: I have a problem you taking Virginia Tech out of a, a pod with them in Virginia. If you're going to keep Florida State and Miami, you're keeping one rivalry there. You got to keep the Virginia Tech Virginia rivalry.
0: Who do you replace then? Who, Who goes into the Florida State Georgia Tech Miami pod? See, Did I throw five teams in that list? I don't know. I might have don't see owned that it'd floor. be see it'd be
1: tough to take um, either UNC or NC State because then you'd be getting rid of the North Carolina rivalry game. Right. You, I mean. Mm, it's louisville for sure florida state miami georgia tech so that's 4 we're looking for that fifth team i think it would have to Dame, be w- i think it, no i think it'd have to be wake you can wake, take, wake. Do you
0: take them out of the do you take them out of the carolina pod
1: yeah because they don't really they're not as big of rivals between right. like unc and nc state in terms of football and i know really that's apples to oranges but where's also duke where'd you put duke in
0: there? i had i had duke carolina clemson nc state so you just in, had a complete
1: Carolina's pod
0: at that point. Okay. Right.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. I think Wake would be have the team to get pulled out because you can't, if you keep Virginia Tech in that division, you're going to have Louisville, who's a pretty solid team, Florida State, who's on the rise, Miami, who could be on the rise, Georgia Tech, who's, we don't know where they're at right now, but you can't just overload that division or that pod, whatever you right. I think you guys are going
3: about this the wrong way, too, because you gotta—we—we gotta—we live in a post-COVID society. So, I like could be tongue-in-cheek for a moment. You gotta think of the repercussions that these big title, like these heavyweight card. Uh, type games are going to have. What's going to happen if it's Florida State, and Miami, every single week? Well, it's pretty simple. People are going to get together. They're going to have COVID parties or whatever, and more people are going to get sick. So what we got to do uh, is actually create the least exciting matchups whoa, 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 so whoa, whoa, we whoa. still get okay. football, and nobody wants to go. Hey, do you want you guys want to pull up to see to watch the uh, Syracuse North Carolina State game? And if you're in if you're in New York or if you're in North Carolina, you're probably going to go.
0: I don't know. John- uh, John- Tom Swafford is not going to lose ticket revenue you and say, "How not. can we make less? How can our ratings yeah. worse?"
1: You got to keep Florida TV. State, Miami. You got to keep the rivalry games because no, in-
3: if everybody's watching by themselves in separate houses, that means there's more, there's better ratings. You know, Smashing. money only goes you, up. Sebastian, okay, I'm
1: just telling you this right now. People dumb people are going to get
0: together. For get together yeah, regardless. for Florida State, if Florida State and Sanford played tomorrow, you hmm. know how many dumb A's myself included yeah exactly
3: (laughs) hey can I can I make the drive up to Tallahassee and can we watch that game please I don't have a TV down here
0: (laughs) yeah let's do it let's do it I I don't know again a lot of question marks I fully believe we are trending towards no football season I don't even want to talk about what that means financially not only for Florida State but for for the city of Tallahassee I know we're already seeing a lot of businesses struggle and some of them even closing permanently but we're not going to get yeah well that's one of them uh we're not going to get that doom and gloom uh, on today's show do do you want to move on and, and and let's talk mls we've got three soccer fans or four soccer fans and, and at least three mls fans i don't know about sebastian uh, on that train or not um yeah let's get into it it was now, back but, uh, last uh, night uh, you've seen uh, it's it's a weird format so you've got how many groups
1: in nls well so, it, well now i believe was it it's four groups correct and
2: i think it, it was i think it was originally going to be six groups of four and then two groups of five but since then er, i think that adds up to 24 anyway i can't do my math for quick but since then fc dallas and nashville sc obviously have opted out mm-hmm, so yeah. i think they're going i think nls is trying to reformat the group so that it's just straight
0: six groups of four but that's to be determined Okay, because not every team has started yet, and they're all in Orlando at the ESPN Worldwide Sports like the NBA.
1: Okay, there's six groups of four, and that's it. So we have groups A through F, and since uh, Group A was going to be the group of six, and then everyone else was going to have
0: Who did they move to Group B? Group B,
1: I believe they pulled out, yeah, because, shoot, who was it? Right
0: now it's San Jose, Seattle, and Vancouver.
1: Chicago, Chicago Fire got moved out of Group A.
0: Okay, so that's official now?
1: Yes, I see them. They're in Group B right now with the San Jose Earthquakes, the Seattle Sounders, and Whitecaps from Vancouver. All right, so let's
0: just run through the groups. we got Orlando City, Philadelphia Union, Inter-Miami, and New York City FC in Group A. Group B, you've now got Chicago Fire, San Jose Earthquakes, Seattle Sounders, and Vancouver Whitecaps. Group C, New England Revolution, D.C. United, Toronto FC, Montreal Impact. Group D, Colorado Rapids, Minnesota United, Real Salt Lake, Sporting Kansas City, Group E, Atlanta United, Columbus Crew, FC Cincinnati, and New York Red Bulls. That's a lopsided group. Group F, you've got Houston Dynamo, LA Galaxy, LAFC, and Portland Timbers. That is going to probably be the most fun group to watch on TV, if, if you had to ask me. Uh, group B might be fun, too, if Chicago's any good this season. But last night got kicked off Orlando City versus Inter-Miami. Inter-Miami still looking for their first win. But basically, it's going to be a World Cup-style tournament. You play three group stage matches, and then you move on to a knockout-style uh, tournament pretty much. And then all the, you play three games in the group stage, and these are counted once MLS restarts their regular season, which at this point they still plan on doing. The results you get in the group stage carry over to the regular season with the results you had before the shutdown, which I think every team played two games. Before the shutdown started, so you can actually look on ThoughtMob, no free ads, uh, and see the 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 league table, I believe, up to this point with live scores, uh, with with points added, um, based on the uh, games in the MLS's back tournament. Um, but Gary, what what went wrong last night for for your Inter Miami boys?
1: Well, they. It's just they couldn't get the ball rolling and getting a ton of possession early on in that first half. I remember checking the possession at halftime, and I believe it was somewhere in the range of 60-40 in favor of Orlando, and uh, a bit more lopsided maybe. I think it was maybe 62-38. I think that's what I saw that. But the second half, they came out firing. They got a goal early on in the uh, second half, and then they continued to control pretty well. They even managed to bring the possession to 58-42 to towards the end of things. but. It really came down to getting quality shots on net and uh, poor. We need quality shots on net, and we need better counter defense because yeah. we were getting countered on all night long. And that's really what led to Orlando's two goals. And the defense kind of looked unorganized in those uh, in that third there of the field. So if they were able to settle that down, and I know this is still a young team. They're still or not really young team, a new team. And if they can kind of fix those little errors, they're going to be a solid club. They just need more shots. They just need to put more shots on net to get more goals. I mean, it's simple math. Isn't
0: it? <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I thought Orlando city, I, I thought inter Miami played well throughout mm-hmm. most of the match. And then at the end, they, they had a bunch, they're not a bunch of clear chances, but they had, a, they had the ball a lot in Orlando yeah. city's half and Orlando city. did a really good job kind of clamping down and, and defending there towards the end of the match. And, uh, ultimately got a got a winner there late in the game it was like the 97th minute if you include the stoppage time uh because there were 10 minutes added on after, after a, a major injury earlier in the match but nani gets the goal for orlando obviously the 34 35 year old portuguese international that uh made famous by not only by but in america uh, in that World Cup game from 2014, Orlando's playing him like way out wide on the left. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I thought he's he was their best player when he was on the ball, and I don't think that's really a surprise. And they need to get him in more centrally, running all. You know, he's played in the middle before in his career, for club and country. Uh, he could play either at striker or as like a number ten. But I mean, I've always just said get the ball at the foot of your at the feet of your best player as much as you possibly can. And for most of that match, Orlando City just wasn't doing it. Chris Muller missed a sitter, but then scored a pretty nice goal to get Orlando City on the board. And then Nani uh, ends up pull, pulling off the winner and then getting subbed off. He's about to get subbed off before he scored. And uh, Miami, I thought they had a you know, solid midfield. Will Trapp, Victor Ulloa, uh, Mateus Pellegrini out on the mm. wing. Uh, Juan Agadello though, also missed a sitter. Did get, grab a goal as well, mm-hmm. uh, but, but well, obviously uh, not the result. Miami was hoping for.
1: One thing that I thought was interesting is you spoke about putting the ball on the in possession of your best players. Miami brought in a lot of their best players towards the end of the game. I mean, Rudolfo Bizarro, one of the big signings that we were able to bring on from uh, we pulled from Liga MX on the offseason. We brought him on in the 58th minute. We brought yeah. uh, Julian Carranza on in the 73rd and then who I thought really was making an impact towards the end, uh, Lee Wynn. He was playing well and he, I had, I've no, taken note of him the past couple games when we we're in our regular season and it felt like maybe they were just trying to see how fresh legs could impact the game late and they were impacting the game, but maybe I'd like to see them be brought on more at the half rather than a few minutes or like 10 minutes or so into the half. But I don't know. I think it was an overall solid game. It's just going to be interesting to see now how they can bounce back and how they can try and get these points back to maybe jump into that second spot. Cause I don't know. I feel like the first spot is really out of reach for this inter Miami squad right now.
0: Yeah, with it being only uh, you know, three games, and that's why you go from a draw in game one to a loss like that, that really hurts. You, know, you don't want to go home early in this tournament. You want to get as many games under your belt as possible because even though whoever wins the MLS's back tournament you know, might not be seen as a, as a true major trophy, those teams are going to get a lot more game time under their belt to go into the regular season if it does indeed happen.
1: And if you're Inter-Miami, you need as many games as you can right now because, like I said, this is a newly formed club, so they don't have that experience. They don't have that cohesion that maybe Atlanta United or Orlando City has. So it's really crucial that we get, we're able to get some more games in here. And maybe, they, maybe, I don't know what the MLS is playing, maybe they try and keep some teams around to get some more playing games in just kind of exhibition style, but ultimately I'd rather them be real games or not be there at all.
0: Yeah. Uh, Austin, Gary mentioned Atlanta United going into this tournament without Joseph Martinez, who for my money is, if not the best player in MLS, at least the most exciting. I know uh, Carlos Vela at LAFC might have an argument there, especially after winning MVP last season. What's Atlanta United looking at uh, going into this tournament in terms of injuries, health, besides Joseph Martinez? and, And how do you think they'll fare?
2: Yeah, I mean, outside of Joseph Martinez, he's obviously going to be sidelined for the tournament and for probably the remainder of the season, if that happens. Um, but yeah. outside of him, the team is really healthy going into Orlando. And if you look at the group, like you said, it is kind of a lopsided group. It is, I would say, definitely a winnable group for Atlanta United. FC Cincinnati was a bottom feeder in their first season. And Atlanta United, I believe, already defeated them in one of the two games they had already played. And then you look at New York Red Bulls and Columbus Crew. Uh, definitely winnable matches there.
0: Columbus Crew <laughs> on a bit so. of a
2: downturn in recent years. So,
0: yeah, Cincinnati um, is a mess. The, <laughs> yeah. That could be a route if you know, because Atlanta's got so many talented players, yes. even past Martinez. Uh, yeah. But but Red Bulls, I think that could be one of the best matchups in the, of the, group the group stage, stage of this tournament. Yeah, besides the LA, the El Tráfico that's going to happen in Orlando between Galaxy and LAFC. Uh, Gary, you mentioned Inter Miami you know a loss how much that hurts them especially because even though i don't think orlando city is a great team i think philadelphia union might be we saw that on display with their amazing 3-3 draw against lafc one of the most exciting soccer games i've seen in the last few years right before the shutdown i think that was the last mls game played before things were shut down uh and they pulled out a win they kicked off at nine o'clock a.m eastern time uh, against new york city and, and pulled off a win how do you guys feel about the uh, early morning kickoffs?
1: I enjoyed it. I caught a little bit of the game. I think I started watching around halftime of today's game because my sleep schedule is back to being not great. But I really enjoyed watching it. I mean, Andre Blake, the goalkeeper for the Union. I mean, he made some phenomenal saves today, and that's really why they were able to beat New York City. And so I don't know. I I've been enjoying them, but yeah, Philly is going to be a worry for me right now because they're making getting into that top two even more difficult. But, yeah, early games I
0: like. Yeah, no, for sure. And uh, like I said, I think Atlanta fares pretty well in Group E. Uh, Red Bulls might present a challenge, and Columbus Crew did well before the shutdown, but I don't think they're they're a great team. Other teams I really like in this tournament, LAFC, even though they don't have Carlos Vela, super talented. uh, Like I said, Philadelphia Union. Uh, I might back them to, to go far in this event, but uh, MLS is back, and, and other sports aren't that far behind. We got baseball coming back soon.
1: How do you feel about Montreal Impact with Thierry Henry as their head coach, leading the well, way for them? I mean, they're losing just, one nothing right now to the Revolution.
0: Let's just but. say I thought, I I felt in my heart, and I felt strongly about this, that they were going to do well today. I'll just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. And, they're, and they're losing one one nil right now in the 78th minute.
1: Hey, we can see there's a lot can change in this. I mean, this is still a new I tournament. Yeah, there's a lot of play
0: left, it seems like. Yeah, I uh, I, I, I really was backing Montreal tonight uh, in my heart. Um, <laughs> but anyways, yeah, Rowdies are back this weekend too. USL Championship. I, I, I'm not going to bore our listeners with Division II U.S. soccer. Uh, but the Rowdies are back this weekend. 100 fans in attendance.
1: Are they do yeah. so are they playing more of a regular a normal regular season, or are they kind of following the MLS and doing a right a, a uh, World Cup style tournament?
0: So, so it's a regular season, but they just uh, adjusted the schedules. The rowdies played one match against Red Bulls two, the mm-hmm. Red Bulls were, were like basically their reserve team um before the shutdown and won that match on the road which the rowdies never do and so mm-hmm. they carry that result into the regular into the rest of the regular season but they're they're doing pods so they're in a pod okay. with atlanta united two, who are just awful um unfortunately uh, yeah <laughs> no nah, you don't have to worry about that it's a, it's so st- stupid that they play in usl championship but anyways that's a different argument charleston battery and in, in miami fc who i always joke is like the miami club that like no one in Miami supported because they weren't MLS. But yes, that's exactly Miami's, right. <laughs> Miami's gone through that. I think they played at FIU. FIU. I believe uh, they do. For yes, a while. They, they they might still. They, I don't know. No,
1: they still do. They still play at FIU yeah, the, the, Stadium. The
0: Rowdies went down there and lost a couple seasons ago in the uh, U.S. Open Cup. But yeah, the Rowdies are back. I'm actually going to be in Pinellas County, and there's a. I can't get into the game. I'm not one of the hundred fans that's, that's allowed in. Uh, but there's like an open section. Where there's like ro- like the road goes by Allang Stadium, that uh I don't know I might try to drive over there. I Petco. assume that's going to be a. Pa- pa-
1: I assume you're probably not the first person to think of that, and I could yeah, assume that's going to be packed over on that corner. I'm already
0: and- I'm, I'm already seeing some of my friends. I want to go over there. Is it this? Is the stadium also on the water there? Yeah. How it's one is, of is beautiful is, stadiums in U.S. soccer? Is there a way where you could view it from a boat? No, I don't no, think there's, there's fences. Okay.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, it's yeah, just the,
0: and the boats. There's boats like right there, right like right off that other side of the road. Mm-hmm. But it's I don't think it's close enough. Well, you can. is There's a Hilton right across the street. You go up mm-hmm. high enough, you can see the whole pitch. Ah, maybe and, that's and actually a pretty good view. Cool, I'm just going to rent a room at the Hilton in there you view, go. St. Pete. That <laughs> well, I'm eating area, ramen here.
3: I specifically missed the pier that was right nearby that stadium. The old St. Pete Pier before they tore yeah. it down. R.I.P. RIP.
0: But, yeah, Rowdies are back, so that gives me uh, something else to watch. Chelsea, obviously back. We'll probably do some more Premier League talk on Tomahawk Talk as we get closer to to the end of the season. Top four, relegation, battles all come into fruition. Uh, There's like four matches left, I think, three or four matches left for most teams. Four weeks left. Yeah, so uh, lots of good stuff. And and next week we're going to probably do our our second – I don't know if we did one earlier, but baseball preview. We got a baseball preview. Major League Baseball is coming back next week uh it's uh, i said two weeks uh earlier on but we're on, on the day of recording we're two weeks away from the start of the season when you're listening to this we'll be a week and a half away so not that far and we've got major league baseball but i don't know who knows maybe things take a downturn there as well that, don't that even is, speak that into
2: existence please
0: don't uh, austin i don't need to speak into not existence it. <laughs> it's already here man it's already I know, here i know um, But that is gonna do it tonight uh for tomahawk talk thank you guys for listening thank you always To our producer, Sebastian Angeliano. For Austin Reynolds and Gary Putnick, I'm Brett Rutherford, and I'll talk to you guys next week.